the line episode 26 martha who do you think i'm talking about listen to this do you think things would be better if he wasn't around do you never feel a bit resentful well it must be hard because it's like you're forced to like him like you have to I bet you wish he didn't exist. An ex, a controlling partner, a horrible work colleague. I'm talking about my son, about what some people have said to me about my son. When I say son, I mean stepson. Were you horrified when you heard me say son, but less so with stepson? When I said stepson, did you think just for a second, Ah, well, that makes sense. I was 37 when I met Simon five years ago. We've been married two years. I remember saying to my dad once, should I get one of those friendship pacts where you and a friend agree to marry each other if you're both single when you hit 40? My dad said no. He said, as you get older, you shape your life around who you are, become less willing to compromise. He said it will take someone really special to be part of that. That was Simon. I felt it as soon as we met. He was the one. Simon told me straight away he had a 13-year-old son, Lucas. That he split up with Lucas's mum about 10 years ago. And he sees Lucas most weekends and holidays. It's all very amicable. I never wanted children. I can give you excuses as to why not, but the honest reason is I just never wanted them. I never felt that need. I have nieces and nephews who I love very much, but I never wanted my own. When Simon and I got married, I was asked by pretty much everyone I know, and also people who I didn't know, if we were going to have children. When I replied no, I had to listen to, won't he let you? He's my husband. He's not my jailer. You could probably talk him into it. You think we didn't discuss this before we got married? Ah, are you putting your career first? Seriously, you can only have one or the other. Well, you could just get pregnant and trick him. Yeah, that says more about you than me. It can just be as simple as I don't want children. I don't want them. What took me by surprise was how quickly I loved Lucas. I expected to like him. He's part of Simon, but the love came very quickly and very naturally. But what also surprised me was how some people reacted to me being a stepmom. Do you have children? I have a stepson. Cue the head tilt, change in tone to something like sympathy, sometimes horror. Oh! What's that like? Funny that some people can't believe I don't want children, but also can't believe I like being a stepmom. You must have the urge to love a child. I mean, your own child. Oh, I didn't realise maternal love is ring-fenced for a biological child. My mistake. My friends disappointed me. Not all of them, but some. Disappointed is putting it mildly. 
I'd assumed they'd be interested in Lucas. Be happy for me. Be interested in how I was coping with suddenly being a mum. And I thought they'd want to get to know him. I don't mean inviting us all over every weekend or looking at endless photos, but to just show some interest. Like they would if I had a baby. Like they do if I change jobs or meet a new partner. Like I do with them. Right from the off, they talked about him as if he was something negative. Rather than share my joy, they picked at it. I'd rather they hadn't mentioned him at all, but everyone has an opinion. And what they all said, in various ways, meant the same thing. My life would be better if Lucas didn't exist. It can be hard being a step-parent, same as it can be hard being a parent. With Lucas, I try to do what I think my parents would do. Lines can be blurred for me, so with things like forgiveness, I'm expected to automatically forgive Lucas for bad behaviour when it's not always that easy. I'm not comfortable punishing him, but equally I know boundaries need to be set. What's made this difficult is normally when I need advice, I talk to my friends, but when I tried to talk about Lucas, they weren't offering support or advice. They were offering a critique, almost falling over themselves to do so. Martha, this boy has nothing to do with you. Just tell Simon you don't want him there. He sounds like a nightmare. Don't bother with him. Like they want my relationship with Lucas to fail. He's not a monster. He's a child. And it wasn't just when I was looking for support. It was when I talked about him full stop. Good things. When he'd done well at school or learned to cook. The total lack of interest. I listen to them moaning on about their job or their husbands, even their own kids. Ian is still writing his book. I mean, he hasn't had a job for ten years, but he needs to be creative. I do understand that. Ah, fuck him. Is he useless, freeloading, waste of space, and none of us like him. Little Matthew called his teacher an ugly cow. He sounds horrific. Do you wish you'd never had him? I've got some photos of the twins. Look at these. I'd rather not. They bore me shitless. Do I ever reply like that? No, I do not. I started to think, have they always been like this? Happy to share my pain, but not my joy. When I first met Simon, they all wanted to meet him, to include him. So why wasn't it the same with Lucas? Why weren't they interested in meeting him? Am I more acceptable as one half of a couple than as a stepmom? If me and Simon had a baby of our own, would they behave the same way? Or is it because I dared to embrace a different role, a role different to anybody we know? Or would it be okay to be a step-parent if I had my own children? If I was younger, maybe. I didn't know if I'd be any good as a stepmom, but I did know I wanted to try. Not wanting children didn't mean I couldn't love a child, or that I didn't want to love a child. The first time I saw this situation for what it is, the first time it hurt me, was when Lucas was 14. I got this text. Hiya! We're having a barbecue on 21st. Are you and Simon free? I'd love to see you. I've known Sarah for 10 years. 
She's been married forever. No kids, but most of their friends have children and they always include them. I check the date and I'm really pleased that Lucas is with us that weekend. Really pleased they'll get to meet my boy who I'm so proud of. I reply. We'd love to. We've got Lucas. Is it okay to bring him along? I just asked to be polite. It'll be fine. But I see she reads the message, starts to reply. Then nothing. For ages. Then, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to have to say no. It's difficult because of numbers. We've too many coming. I'm so sorry. It was like being punched. She'd never shown much interest in Lucas, been a bit off when she wanted to do something last minute and I was busy with him and Simon. Made a jokey comment that couldn't Simon look after him? Well, yes, he could, but if we've made plans as a family, why should I change them when I don't want to, just because she has a last-minute window? Incidentally, I used to date a neurology consultant. She was never bothered when his shift work changed arrangements or meant I wasn't free. But I suppose a doctor is more acceptable than a 14-year-old boy. I went to that barbecue and everyone else had their children there. And do you know what really pissed me off? Other than the fact I actually went to it and didn't challenge her, is that someone brought a new partner at the last minute. I heard them thank her. Numbers weren't a problem then. Now that made me see some people are uncomfortable my role has changed. They expect me to play a certain character in their lives, and when that changes, they can't or won't accept it. You know, not all of my friends were like this. I'm in London for a meeting Saturday morning. You free for lunch? I've got Lucas that weekend. Great, bring him along. Why is that easy for some people and not for others? And no, she doesn't have kids. I was constantly made to feel like I have to prove I love him, justify it. I find myself defending my decisions, hear myself getting angry, and I don't want to be like that. I love being a step-parent, but even society always puts us in the role of other, or well, not in a good way. Not just fairy stories with the wicked stepmother, but on TV, in films, it's the cruel stepmother, the shady stepfather, the potential enemy, potential abuser, because they aren't a blood relation. My dad, my lovely dad, died last year. I looked online for advice about dealing with grief and I found an article about how to cope with losing a step-parent. It talked about how you'll probably feel guilt. There may be resentment with your or their biological family. A rift may grow. The overwhelming assumption was that the relationship with the step-parent was flawed and complicated. Written in stark contrast to losing a biological parent, well, even in death, we're vilified. You may be thinking I haven't mentioned Simon much. What does he think? He doesn't really understand it, but to be honest, I don't think anyone does. It upsets him as he feels he's come between me and my friends, but I reassure him he hasn't. He didn't create this situation. They did. Was I asked to choose? Lucas or my friends? Being a stepmum or being a friend? Not explicitly, but it got to the point where I could either be around people who would support my choices, 
support me wanting to love Lucas and be a good parent or to be around people who made me feel angry and made me feel I should be ashamed of who I am. I didn't fall out with my friends, but I gradually moved myself away from some of them and focused on myself and what I want. My life now is the best it's ever been. I'm excited to move forward with Simon, to watch Lucas grow and change, to love and to be loved. I know some people might not understand, but you don't have to understand something to accept it, to be kind about it. So let me answer those questions. Do you think things would be better if he wasn't around? No, they would be worse. He makes my life better. Do you never feel a bit resentful? No. Well, it must be hard because it's like you're forced to like him, like you have to. I am never forced to do anything. <laughs> I bet you wish you didn't exist. Oh, no, but sometimes I wish you didn't. All of this has made me a better parent. It's made me more protective of what I have. Made me a little kinder, perhaps. A bit more understanding of things I don't fully understand. If you're someone who finds the concept of step-parent uncomfortable and you want to voice your opinions, just try thinking before you speak. Try thinking about what your friends might need rather than what you want from them. Yeah, try being accepting rather than judgmental. It makes for a better friendship. And before you speak to a step-parent, before you pass judgment, just think about how you would speak to a biological parent about their child. And if you still have nothing nice to say, just try saying nothing. This is the end of the line Didn't you know Martha was played by Amy Harris The episode was written by Emma Pitt and directed by Rachel Walsh Casting by Sydney Aldridge Music by Daisy Chute and Carrie Ann from The Herd Collective The episode was recorded at Factory Studios in Bristol and edited by Mitchell Harris the End of the Line is an Ink Jockey production. But this is not the end of my line Didn't you know that I'm the one with the time It's not the end of the line